morning, everybody. Let's go. Welcome into the Plank Show right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. This is the home of Sooner fans. And, man, what a night. What a scary, um, concerning night. Mother Nature every so often does the whole, remember me? Remember it's spring in Oklahoma? Yeah. And, uh, boy, did she last night. I, I have a... Um, I have a complaint I need to workshop, Josh, and I and I don't really know who to lodge this complaint to, but I, I, I kind of want to set the foundation with you, and I've got a lot of Storm Chaser friends, so I, maybe they can help me out as well, but having never been in a situation where, you know, I'm, I'm kind of driving around in this, do, do Storm Chasers just get to do whatever they want on the road? put on their fake little sirens and drive a million miles an hour. Is that the law? Am I, am I entering into dicey territory? Am I going to get canceled for questioning this? <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. Okay. I'm workshopping this. I think there I would needs imagine to be some stuff done. I would imagine they have to more or less obey traffic laws, but they I, don't. I guess I'd never really thought of that. They don't. They absolutely do not. They are they are working for the public safety, so understood. So that's where this balance comes. But are they? I mean, if you're not two, well, our our, our news stations aren't two, six, and eight. <laughs> What's up, Tulsa? If you're not nine, four, whatever, Fox twenty-five. I mean, I, I mean, aren't aren't there laws that you have to abide by as well too? I mean, whew, let me tell you something. From being someone that was watching them drive around because of where i was and then also in that driving while they're rolling like they were i gotta talk to so much storm chaser friends this seems to be even more dangerous sometimes than the weather but i digress josh we're still we're workshopping that one right that one right now is in the that one's in the um the old uh wood wood shop and, and we'll we'll hit it up coming up during uh during a future episode but uh, everything good in the Helmer household? You guys were all good? We were good, yeah. Uh, it seemed like it went right over your direction, did it not? Yeah, man. It was uh, – I mean, real real quick, I, I was mentioning it with Toby. I'll just I'll, – I'll, I'll bring it up here real quick because it's more about today those – well, it's always about after a storm. Those who suffered damage, um, those in the coal area, and, and coal – if I'm understanding, my geography sucks. I think everyone knows that listening to the show. I mean, I spent the better part of an hour on the program trying to figure out how South Dakota is in the same time zone uh, or, or is in the same time zone as Oklahoma. It just made no sense to me. They could be in the central time zone. So I'm geographically challenged. But if I'm understanding correctly, like you got Washington and Cole and, and, and Blanchard, you're kind of in that. There, there's that path, and we're all connected by this massive two-lane <laughs> highway that for some reason there's always a cop on. I don't, I don't know. But we were, in, we were in Washington. Wednesday night is church dinner night. So we were in Washington, and we were watching it all play out. At one point, you know, we, we did. We were leaving, Josh. We were in the car to leave, uh, or at least my wife was, and – uh, they're like, hey, you, you shouldn't go. I mean, that's, 
again, that's something that for me, being in Oklahoma for a long time, you've probably had happen before where it's like, Hammond head that way, and usually what it would be is a, nah, you know what, might not want to take that way home. If you're going to go home now, you might want to go back this way, right? Concerns about the storm. So, you know, we're, you know, we're watching this, kind of get the all clear in Washington, and the, the advice is, hey, yeah, you guys shouldn't leave for a while. And that's just a, that's a weird feeling. It's a scary feeling. So you start trying to get in touch with your neighbors and making sure everything is all good. And, dude, we were right in that path. We were right in that path. And when it turned a little left up 35 and thankfully kind of started to, as my brother-in-law Matt Walsh would say, started to pooter out a little bit, um, that was good news for me and my family uh, in our neighborhood. So I, I, my heart is broken this morning for those in coal. The, the damage looks massive. Uh, in, in just the... I can't think of any other way to say it, but that tornado, Josh, that thing was a unit, man. Holy smokes. That was one of those that you have nightmares about. And here it is bearing down on small-town Oklahoma. And thank David Payne said something that I thought was really, really good last night. It, it might have been one of the best things I've ever heard him say, and he's who I watch. Um, or at least that's who, that's who uh, my cat on his <laughs> on his computer in his office, so that's who we were watching. But I like David Payne, so I listened to him. And he said, these storms a lot are, are a lot like people. They're a lot like us. And uh, when they get started and they kick, they have all this energy and they have all this, you know, enthusiasm and they're just rolling through and they, and they develop, they get bigger and they get stronger. But then they get old and they get tired and they kind of start to just <laughs> slow down a little bit. And he goes, so... Our hope is that this one can just kind of get old and tired and slow down a little bit. And thankfully, Josh, that's a, it seems to be exactly what happened to this last night. So a um, lot of hail, a lot of damage. That's why, you know, in part we're here today at Cavens Construction at 405-573-3048 or online at cavensconstruction.com. Um, Gary's going to join us later. He's out and about. Obviously, they're busy today, but emergency board ups. Um, roofing, you know, it's it's going to be a crazy day across this state. But I, the thing for me, Josh, that keep I keep coming back to is it's terrible and cold. Uh, the way this thing was tracked, uh, tracking and the different storms that popped up, I feel like we could be having a much a much worse conversation than we're having to have to begin with. Absolutely, yeah. No, it's look. There's millions of dollars worth of damages and just the the way the hail ripped through and outside the metro was uh was mm-hmm. not good last night but in and shawnee late last night what, what's the word out in shawnee i know I, that tornadoes touched down over there i will say this even in um you know we i think like many we lost power last night um but you you the skies looked terrifying all night long. I mean, it's just when lightning would flash, Josh, you felt like, wait, what's that cloud? What's that over there? I mean, it was just, it was not a good night. Not a good night. But thankfully, uh, everyone um, appears to be pretty safe. I think that there were some, uh, there were some injuries in, in um, oh, gosh. Cole. Cole, thank you. There were some injuries in Cole. And we'll just continue to 
do what we can to, to spread the word and help out. Um, one fatality was identified. Um, mm. It says one fa- – oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. One fatality identified after two, uh, two dead in coal. Uh, we're among the communities and areas that had the uh, had our schools shut down because of concerns over power, power lines down all over the place. Um, we're getting together to try to volunteer and help out later this afternoon. I know we've got groups that are getting together today. So uh, if you guys want to help in any way, you can find us on Twitter uh, at Plank Show. I've, I've got people we can reach out to, and it's just it's a. I want to say reach out to people I can get you in connection with, you know, if you guys want to go help. And, Josh, it looks like that, that tornado that crossed I-40 in Shawnee, that thing was, that thing was scary too. I'm, I'm watching the footage of it right now. I guess Val Castor, Val and Amy were the ones. And, by the way, can I make this very clear? While I'm workshopping this, this take about storm chasers and how I feel about them, uh, saw Val – because they were tracking that storm in Washington, guess what they were doing, Josh? Stopping at stop signs. Maybe going a little bit faster, but not blowing around people. It was respectful. But, yeah, that's a scary-looking storm from Shawnee last night. But if I'm understanding correctly as far as, as far as the OKC Metro and as far as your, your neighborhood, Josh, which had been hit so hard by the first round of storms this spring, it looks as if we avoided the worst in those regions, right? We did, yeah. We got got lucky there. Some some pretty serious damage, uh, obviously in Shawnee, and hate what happened out in Cole. It could have been worse, though. That right. uh, storm that was coming from the direction uh, over there at Cole, I, I guess uh, it just it just dissipated a little bit uh, once it started coming further uh, further down Highway Nine. But uh, man, scary night, scary night. Um. Yeah, Pastor Andy checked in. He writes, on my way to Shawnee right now, my son is a student at OBU. Uh, several buildings and companies destroyed in Shawnee. Yeah, in fact, we got a uh, we got a note this morning before, you know, we get we didn't have power. So we get home and everything is safe and, and we, I, we, we go to bed and just kind of, I, I was watching or trying to listen to all the weather coverage I could and Seemed like we were safe, so, I mean, no power, lit a few candles, and then literally we, we fell asleep. And then I woke up to also what had been, you know, the the damage out at OBU, and then we got that this morning, or was this, that they had canceled all the events at, uh, yeah, they, they had a vocal music contest that was due to be held at OBU today and tomorrow. It's canceled due to the damage in Shawnee. So, Pastor Andy, you guys be safe. But I'll tell you what, it was it was an unsettling night. It was an unsettling night. Kim O'Sooner, I, I, I just happened to pop on the text line because I wanted to make sure that there wasn't anyone that needed to be blocked today, Josh, on this day. Um, but Kim writes, glad all is well. Uh, I was down here in southern Oklahoma watching the storm coverage on my phone, and we got close to your area. All I can think of is uh, to think that all of y'all were safe. And, yeah, we – Anytime they say, all right, if you're in Goldsby, it's time to head for your shelter. I know that this isn't going to surprise too many of you, but usually my first step is towards the door. What's going on out there? Because that's what you do. 
And last night, Josh, just to kind of share maybe a little lighthearted moment, I, I posted the two pictures on Twitter just because it's like, it's crazy. I hope everyone's safe. And I'm literally, what, in case you can't tell, what am I doing out there? Standing outside watching the storm. And my boss from New York, from Mad Dog Radio, texted me, Judge Torres, Steve Torrey. And he said, is that a funnel cloud outside of your house? <laughs> is that by your house? And I'm like, yeah, but, you know, if you look at it, it's not really a, it's more of a massive wall cloud, right? And it just looks like a funnel cloud. And he uh, he goes, "What? Are, are you safe? Is everything okay? And it it was that moment where I'm like, well, yeah, we're, we're outside. We're outside watching it right now, just kind of seeing which direction it's going to go. And... And his response was, are you crazy? Are you and, nuts? And, and it was that moment where I realized. Ah, a little bit. Oh, well, yeah, this is this wouldn't make a lot of sense if you're explaining it to someone who lives in New York City and has lived in New York City for a majority of their life. And their only probably understanding of tornadoes or what the one that hit Joplin and destroyed it and the one that hit. Uh, more, right? That's probably all they really know about tornadoes. So when they see something like that, and your first response is, yeah, we had to come out here and check it out. I mean, they probably well, do think you're insane. And they don't really necessarily understand generally, and this is good or bad, feel how you want to feel about it. The meteorologist here with the National Weather Center here in Norman, right. the meteorolog- meteorologists are so good, Plank, that you feel like you've generally got about 10 minutes lead time before the power goes out. Mm. Mm. I tell you what, it was, it was really, it was really scary, man. Um, we're thinking about those of you in Cole today, those of you in Shawnee. Uh, I know OBU, subs, uh, uh, substantial damage there. So I uh, hope everyone is safe. And again, Throughout the show, we'll have different ways in which you can help out. I'm sure that there is going to be some need for uh, manpower to help clean up in certain areas. But right now, I think they're just still a, they're still assessing damage. Bro, uh, there's a cat here today, and I'm cracking up at Cavens because this cat just did what my cat does. It just opened up a cabinet and went inside of it. Cat stuff. <laughs> I'm watching... I'm watching this cat's tail, literally, that just is hanging out of a cabinet that it just opened up and walked into. Just trying to figure out what's going on inside here. All right, 405-573-3048. That's Cavens Construction. Gary's going to join us coming up in about 10 minutes from now. So uh, when we come back, when we come back, Josh, let's talk real quick about the headlines from last night uh, in the sports world. They don't seem as significant, but obviously we're going to do what we do, which is cover the sports world uh tomorrow tomorrow's show is a three-hour preview of the spring game with some tidbits in for ou baseball and in austin and oklahoma softball and in in baylor in waco so we'll talk about that and and josh i've got a a fun game to play for you and i in hour number two and i'm just i'm gonna tease it right now and say I am somebody that's not real big on trying to take too much away from the spring game. Right? I try to try to make sure I stay calm, calm, cool, and collective um, whenever it comes to the results from a spring game. 
But I would I would say I've got a list of some guys who had awesome spring games and it panned out. You know, most of the times there's guys like me that try to clown people and say, I wouldn't get too carried away with the spring game. Remember Trey Matoir, remember this, remember that. I'm guilty of that. But yet I've, I've, I found a handful of guys had a pretty good spring game. Ended up having a pretty good career. We'll dive into that as the show rolls on. Uh, top five spring game performances is where I'm going, people. You know us, we love a list. And of those top five, a handful of the things ended up working out fine, just fine. It is 920 on a Thursday. We're at Cavens Construction right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Do you know what I did? Uh, I did laugh at last night, Josh. I was doing I was doing a little research for my top spring game performances of the modern era. I know this might be shocking to some, but it's kind of hard to find spring game box scores from the early 2000s. I think the first one I was able to find was 2005. By the way, 2005 spring game, three quarterbacks have played in the 05 spring game. Josh Helmer, want to fancy a guess? 2005, 05. Uh, Bomar and and who? Bomar, Paul Thompson, and Tommy Grady. Tommy Grady were the three that they had stats on. By the way, Rufus Alexander makes our list for his performance in the 2005 spring game, which at the time was in front of a record crowd of 41,400. Rue had eight tackles and a fumble recovery in a spring game. <laughs> I, I mean, Danny Stutzman will probably play a lot on Saturday, but I can't, I can't imagine anyone playing enough. Well, you know what? I won't say anything. Uh, I, I can't say that. But anyway, my point is in, in researching to try to find as much as I could for this uh forsaken segment that i'm trying to get to at some point today there was someone that was actually selling the 2008 oklahoma sooner spring football media guide on ebay and and i fell into the world of all of these old media guides that are for sale on ebay and i realized hey i gotta i might have a gold mine sitting in my garage in my mom's in my mom's house up in wood river illinois how much do they sell them for this one is listed at nine ninety nine. Okay, so it's a limited edition. Right, right, right. Uh, which is kind of funny because I'm sitting here and I'm looking. I happen to have – I was – bro, whenever I first started in media, like collecting media guides was a big deal to me. It's, it's actually looking back kind of embarrassing to think about. Like in 90, 97, when we would go to media days – Heading back from media days was like returning from a shopping trip at, oh, I don't know, Sam's, where you just have these boxes of media guides because you get everyone's media guide. And I have the 1999 Nebraska Cornhusker media guide. It's selling right here for $17.60 on eBay. Huh? Maybe, I'm, maybe I've got something here, Josh. Maybe I've got a way to get us a little extra lunch money or something. I, here's my, do people actually buy this? That's, I mean, I don't know if they do or not, but yeah, well done. Hey, monetize anything that you have, peeps. That's the way to go. Monetize it all. It's Plank Show right here on The Ref. Uh, it, I'm a bad sports guy today because I realize that there is something very important as it pertains to, you know, being able to watch games and cover games, Josh, and it's this, this thing called power. Uh, we did not have it last night, but... I was I was following well again 
I'm making sure everyone was safe, first of all. But once I realized, all right, you got a job to do, buddy. You got to fight through this and you got to watch these games. But I woke up this morning. I saw the trash talk from uh, from Brooks. What'd you make of that towards LeBron? Uh, I'm here for a little trash talk. <laughs> but I, I, I feel like there is, I feel like there's a point where it's like try too hard guy. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it's, no doubt. Um, it's interesting to me. Monetize, Kevin Henry. Monetize. It's a word. Monetize whatever you can. Make money. Monetize it. Let's go. I'm not making up words here on the show today. Have you heard? Uh, where's all my adapters now? Everything, whenever I get here, is missing. I'll play the audio coming up here in, in just a bit. But Lakers lose. Anthony Davis played like dog, from what I was able to tell last night. Not his best performance. But afterwards, I am H-O. It quickly becomes about what Dylan Brooks has to say towards LeBron James. Uh, there was a confrontation between the two. Uh, the Grizzlies called a timeout with 8.06 left in the third. Uh, LeBron James hit a couple of baskets. It, it cut what was a em- embarrassing, embarrassing performance to at least 14. And Brooks is jumping over there in LeBron's face. He's kind of clapping around, playing the fool. And when he was asked about it afterwards, he said, quote, I don't care. He's old. You know what I mean? I was waiting for that. I was waiting for him to do that game four, game five. He wanted to say something when I got my fourth foul. Uh, he should have been saying that earlier on, but I poke bears. I don't respect no one until they come and give me 40. By the way, LeBron still had 28 points last night and 12 boards. <laughs> it's just, And LeBron James had already finished his post-game session before Brooks. I'll play it for you. I like it. I'm here for a little trash talk, like you said, Josh. But there is this point with Brooks where I want to like him, and I I think he's a good player. Yeah, but he's but, good enough to be saying this to LeBron. I mean, let's just say man, what, it, what it is. He's a LeBron, by the way, a dozen points away from earning uh, Dylan Brooks' respect. I know, right? <laughs> he, he put 28 on you last night, buddy. I'm I don't really know if you look at that as shutting anybody down. And and I'll tell you something else. For him to sit there and say, oh, man, I would have liked to have guarded Cleveland or Miami LeBron. That would have been a challenge. Okay, well, that's easy to say right now, dude. Right. I will add this, too. I um, I remember someone talked trash to Kobe. Um, I remember what it was. And Kobe went out and played well but couldn't. He wasn't himself, right? I think it was after his second Achilles injury. And it, it didn't, I mean, it's not like it went poorly. I got to look up the story. But I, I mean, LeBron, you're not talking trash to some elderly dude who's walking around out there in a cane, and your best player isn't 100%, Josh. I mean, I know you won without John Morant last night, but you were home, and Anthony Davis played terrible last night. So. I don't know, man. I, I I appreciate having a little attitude. It's it's all you're going to hear about in all of the post game conversations. But I mean, it's not like he's Reuben Patterson, right? It's not like he is Joe Dumars, who, by the way, Vinny Microwave Johnson. You're, you're still 
got a little work to do, Dylan, before you're allowed to – and your name's Dylan, for goodness sakes. I think we got a little work to do before we start diving into trash talking LeBron James. Said LeBron called him dumb. Well, you are. Look the way you look. You look dumb. Button your shirt up. <laughs> Listen to me. I sound like my grandpa. Tuck your shirt in. You're, put some khakis on. Get that DB necklace off your chest. That's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. No. But you're able to say what you want to say when you win. And that's the, that's the rule. Now, how far do you push it? I think we'll find out. I'm not one of those guys that says, LeBron's going to go out and put 50 on him now. I mean, like I said, I, I saw whenever that happened with Kobe, and he's a little broken down. Uh, unfortunately for, for, as I said, for Dylan Brooks, it's not a situation where you know, LeBron is, is decrepit. But it adds a little spice. It, it, I'll, I'll, t- I'll add another one. Tonight you get uh, – and by Denver and Milwaukee both won last night. So Milwaukee evens its series at a game apiece. Denver is up two games to none. Tonight you, uh, you, you get what I think is going to be one of the most fascinating games of the playoffs. You get the Kings and the Warriors, 9 o'clock. Get your nap in. But did you see what the Warriors were doing? They were complaining that Sabonis was using the ball as a weapon. And and I thought it was at first I thought it was an onion headline, but I, I'm the Golden State Warriors complaining about somebody weaponizing anything in a game would be akin to a NASCAR driver complaining because uh, their car is going too fast. It's like you, what do you mean? You 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 started this. This is this is Draymond. This is what you do. This is what he does. You got the good cop, bad cop. You got Draymond out there acting like an a-hole, and you got Steph that's just, you know, chewing on his mouthpiece and dropping threes, and everyone loves him. I mean, Sacramento, awesome story. Great story, right? Cool story. Got to have a bad guy. Sponus kind of the bad guy, <laughs> right? And everyone else is a good side of the story. Complaining about weaponizing the basketball. So you've got all these little storylines that are fantastic right now, Josh. Fantastic. I think it's drawing people in. That's what I think it's happening. Well, there's no doubt that it's it's good theater. And a little bit of this and that, back and forth, it's good. It's good for the game. The uh, The Warriors, man, they are in total must-win city. Yeah, absolutely. All right, quick break. Gary Cavins joins us next. We talk about ways that we can help you recover from the storm with your property. We've got to. I want to play the cut from Brooks a little bit later on in the program. Running through the list of the greatest performances that we've seen in the spring game. You guys can help us out as well, too, at 405 651 3439. And we're getting set for a trip to Waco in softball. A lot coming up on a busy Thursday right here on the ref. All right. Welcome back into the Plank Show right here on the ref. (laughs) I, I keep coming across notes from this kind of mini project i've been working on and let's see this is this was interesting from the 2011 spring game this was a paragraph from a bleacher report story it says shh you didn't hear it from me but the departure of kevin wilson's redundant play calling won't be missed as wilson took the indiana hoosiers job the spotlight was on Heupel to deliver and OU to break the BCS curse. The Sooners looked like an offensive juggernaut in the romp over Connecticut and the Fiesta Bowl. 
Sooner fans expect Heupel and Norvell to run a creative offense and move the ball down the field at a rapid pace. Ah, the internet. How'd that work out for us? Gary Cavins joins us right now here at Cavins Construction, 405-573-3048. Again, Gary, unfortunate, just uh, big-time storms that hit last night. Um, And as we've talked about many times, and Cavins, you're always here to help, aren't you? Yes, Chris, we're we're here to help uh, in any way we can with from uh, emergency board up to uh, emergency tarping, uh, help with roof inspections, and uh, just any way, shape, or we can, we're here to help. Well, um, you know, it's always concerning whenever, let's just start on the roofing side of this, right, because you never know what might have hit here at, and what kind of damage was done to your roof. There was significant hail all over um, the city. And you and Chris and the crew, you're always here to give that that free estimate to make sure that the roof is in the shape that it needs to be because, Gary, there could be damage done that you're not even aware of, and that could lead to water, that could lead to mold, that could lead to big problems. A hundred percent, Chris. I mean, that's, that's, that's what happened. You know, with, you have hail, you're inside, you don't necessarily know what kind of damage is going on outside. Um, and so it's a good idea to have your roof inspected. We don't charge for inspecting. It's free inspection. We'll let you know if it needs to be, if it's fine, if it needs to be repaired, or if it needs to be replaced and you need to get your insurance involved. We'll walk you through those steps. We'll walk through the insurance process. We'll work with your insurance companies. Uh, and, you know, we just work through it, the process with you. We don't leave you uh, stranded and have to work on your own on that. We'll we'll walk through the process and help you out and get through it all. And you know it's important even if you don't replace your roof right this second if it's not leaking, it's still important to have it inspected and know what's going on uh, because health season's not over yet. So if your roof isn't leaking uh, particularly or have significant damage, uh, wind or or hail from last night, uh, it's a good idea just get it secured temporarily secured to get you through health season. And then here at the end of health season, come in and get your roof replaced. And we can help with that process, too. But you're, you're 100% right, Chris. What you don't want to do is wait, then it leaks some more, then you end up with mold, and then you end up with not only a roof repair, but you end up with a health issue for your family or for your employees at your business uh, by letting that water continue to intrude into the envelope of the building or the home and create mold issues. That's what you don't want. Now, if the issues, unfortunately, are ignored, or or maybe uh, you catch it late, which might not be a homeowner's fault, right? We're not trying to sit here and point fingers and blame right. anyone. That's not the point. I'll make that very clear. But, Gary, you, you guys in the crew at Cavens, you have studied. You understand the best way to remove mold, identify where it is, because we're talking about family uh, issues. We're talking about your health issues that could be affected if you let water intrusion and mold go. You're 100% correct, Chris, and and, and that's what we're here to just help with the process, help you through it. We've handled thousands and thousands of insurance claims over the years between water issues, uh, flooding, broken pipes, uh, sewage backups, uh, roofing, hailstorms, tornadoes, um, issues, uh, wind damage, you know, when it comes to roofing, mold, water intrusion that's caused mold, um, fires. Uh, crime scene cleanup. So we we specialize in this. We're not just a roofer. We're a general contractor that's built schools, done remodeled homes. We understand the full package 
of how a home goes together or how a building goes together. And so we're able to really dig into it and look at what's going on and get with the insurance company and, and let them know what's going on so that we can help every help you get your building or your home back to the way it was before the storm. Uh, Gary, real quick, before we let you go, uh, and I know we're going to catch up a little bit later on, too, because we want to make sure to spread the word, uh, the word that the Cavens Group is here to help uh, through through disasters like this. You mentioned the board-up side of things. Sometimes it's it's going to take time before you know the process can play out, and you've got to make sure that you're protecting if it's a business, if it's a, a home, a window's burst out, or, or something's been blown out. You guys are there to help with emergency board-ups. A hundred percent. And Chris, there's a correct way to board up a building or a house and a wrong way. And a lot of people don't know the correct way. We've actually got, I've actually gone to school. I've traveled out of state, gone to emergency board up school and trade my employees on the right way to board up a home or a business versus the wrong way. Because if you board it up the incorrect way, you can actually cause more damage and the insurance won't necessarily pay for it because it's going to be the contractor's or the homeowner's fault that they cause more damage. So it's really important to call somebody that truly is trained and understands how to board up, how to tarp, how to do those things, uh, and has been trained properly. And they're not just somebody that, hey, there was a storm last night. I'm going to go out here and start boarding up. Right. There's a right way and a wrong way. And if you do it the wrong way, it can cause additional damage that you could be responsible for as a homeowner or a business owner uh, by not hiring a professional that knows what they're doing to get it done. Uh, we do board-ups from break-ins to storm damage, uh, fires, and, and we do board-ups all the time um, and tarping all the time. And our guys are highly trained, and they know what to do and what not to do. Thank you. We'll talk to you in a bit, man. Be safe, and we appreciate everything that uh, Cavens can do. Thank you so much, Chris. And it's Gary Cavins, uh, out and about and helping making sure that his people are here to help you all. Cavins, 405-573-3048 or online at cavinsgroup.com. Okay, Josh, let's get a break. When we come back, we'll hit the top texts, 405-651-3439. And there's a lot of, I don't necessarily know if they're, say, major topics that we can dive into where, where people would, care too terribly much but they matter to me i'm fascinated by max scherzer's ejection yesterday in the in the dodgers mets game mets still won the game as we mentioned i'm fascinated by the trash talk and the dylan brooks conversation with with lebron james and what he had to say i've got a list of the top spring game performances we've seen in the last let's see how far have i gone here last 15 16 years uh and i'd love to hear some of yours too at 405-651-3439 it is a thursday edition of the plank show right here on the ref do you know what's in a week from today, Josh Helmer? See you at Union Station. Are you going to go? Uh, no, I'd love to, but uh, <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think that'll be happening. Um, I would love to. I would love to go, man. It stinks because it's so close for us too. La- uh, yeah, I mean, even it was so close last year in Vegas. We could have gone there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was close in Vegas. That's true. <laughs> Yeah, I um, we're gonna go. We're gonna go at some point. I, I have a feeling. I have a feeling. Toby was talking about the 1988 NFL draft, um, and that was the greatest NFL draft for Oklahoma Sooner players, at least as far as numbers were concerned. Um, 
And I was thinking to myself, since Kyler, right, we really we really haven't had, you know, that top of the draft first round conversation, right? You you go back to let's see here, twenty twenty CeeDee Lamb was a first round choice. Uh but when when Kyler went number one overall in twenty nineteen and in that draft, you know, eight Sooners were drafted. I think we're getting closer to those times again, just in some of the talent that's coming in. But, I mean, for us as the home of Sooner fans, it would just be us as selfish as we could possibly be, Josh, if we went in a year where there wasn't at least a confirmed Oklahoma Sooner going in the first round, right? Be a little greedy McGreederson on our part. <laughs> yeah, if we're trying to get, uh, you know, motel rooms and so on and so forth right. things comped yeah it wouldn't make sense but hey if we just want to go i don't think uh i don't think there'd be anything wrong with it if we win as fans you're right you're right maybe maybe i can talk to coach gasso and wait do we know where the draft is next year i guess it's not going to be in kansas city again right oh they're no, going to announce it this not. week they're, they're going to announce it on saturday or on thursday oh no detroit we're taking the draft to Detroit? <sighs> Coach Gasso, if that – well, I don't know if we'll have an off weekend in conference next year because you're adding three more softball-playing schools. And it's really getting deep in the weeds there because I was thinking to myself, hey, you know, maybe you can schedule another game up Michigan way. You got Ohio. It's very close to each other. Have you been to the Motown? I have never been to Detroit in my life. You hear uh, not the not the rosiest things, but I feel like it'd be fun to go to a, a ball game there. Yeah, it's uh, it's a good time. I would imagine. I I have Gabe played in Detroit. Teddy played in Detroit. I I feel like Ted. If if I'm hearing things incorrectly, I think Ted and enjoyed his time there. Uh, obviously, my producer at SiriusXM, Robbie Trollano. Grew up in Detroit. They always have nice things to say, but my only memories of Detroit, I have three memories of Detroit as a kid, right? There's Billy Sims. Well, actually, for me, Billy Sims was more, it was more about Eric Kippel than it was Billy Sims for some reason. There was a movie that I used to like called Mr. Mom. You ever see Mr. Mom with Michael no. Keaton? <laughs> no. It's, I don't necessarily know if it holds up over time. But in Mr. Mom, there was an Eric Kippel poster on the wall for, for some reason that stayed with me. Eric Kippel, Barry Sanders, and, and of course, you know, final scene of 8 Mile. That's all I know about Detroit. But I would love to go as far as a draft is concerned. Trivia question, Josh Helmer. Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, CeeDee Lamb. The last three first-round picks for the Oklahoma Sooners. There is a chance that one Anton Harrison – Breaks that string come April 27th. Lamb in 20, Kyler in 19, Baker in 18. Prior to Baker Mayfield being a first-round pick in 2018, the Sooners had a similarly long spell between their previous first-round picks. So, when Baker Mayfield was drafted first overall in 2018, I'm trying to think of the best way to, to word this. It broke a string 
of four straight drafts in which the Sooners didn't have a first-round pick. Do you know, prior to Baker Mayfield, who had been the most recent first-round pick for the Oklahoma Sooners? I had to look it up. I'm, I'm racking my brain here trying to think, and I, I, I'm sure it would be obvious. I do not know off the top it's, of my head. I don't think it's obvious. I don't think it's obvious. Remember, 2010 was the season with three picks in the top four. Bradford won. McCoy went three. Trent Williams went four. They also had Jermaine Grisham go in the first round. They didn't have a first-round pick in 11. They didn't have a first-round pick in 12. But, Josh, in 2013, Lane Johnson went fourth overall. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, Seven Sooners were drafted in that draft. Six Sooners, sorry. Six Sooners were drafted in that draft. Still shocked, shocked that Tony Jefferson went undrafted in 2013 and look at the career he had. Uh, so draft talk coming up, and your text as well, right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. We're live from Cavens Group on a Thursday, 405-573-3048. This is the Home of Sooner Fans.